opposing the government and opposing the Conservatives. I'm afraid it's the hard left who want to tighten their control. They want to uh, sideline uh, moderate voices. I don't think anybody should be surprised about that is the nature of the hard left. And of course, we know that the hard left famously cannot tolerate any who dissent. Who are the hard left, Chris? Well, we know who the hard left are. In the you know, ascendancy I, I, within, the, within the Labour Party who associate with the hard left. You just said so that we were right, right to right wing. The hard left agenda, printing money, nationalisation without compensation, that sort of hard left wing position. Hard the left, the hard 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 misunderstanding me just just listen if you want a centrist party this is not going to be it for the next 10 years if it's really important to you to have a pro-reform party that is in favor of illegal war in favor of privatization form your own party and get on with it Welcome back to the Real Politics Podcast. Uh, I'm Tom, and I'm joined today by Jack Friend Reed. Hello. You're feeling better. I'm fe- I'm feeling better. Like yeah, apart from my arm, which is still broken. A day later. Is it? Is it? Is it <laughs> so you Animal feel, remains. So. You are. You're a trooper, man. You're an absolute trooper. Yeah, man. I don't know about that. This could have been. This, we were worried because this could have been the first episode where you didn't appear. So, like, you know, you've always been a constant presence. So, it's well, I, didn't, I didn't like snap quite... my neck, like destroy my vocal cords or something. <laughs> <laughs> but you are war wounded. Like, you're a foot soldier now. I am. Yeah, I am. I I have been injured in the field. Yeah. One of Doctor Bastano's foot soldiers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which the is left increasingly what i'm becoming i i saw actually that real politic had a brief cameo in the eight hour navara election night sesh oh did it yeah well we i think it was because our boy fraser watt was manning the uh the stream basically so he, he was behind the scenes and was looking at our profile by the looks of it on twitter <laughs> because our tweet uh taking the piss out of jolly and green for realising that he doesn't know anything about politics, showed up on uh, on the stream in Navarra, and we've kept that forever. Like, I'm so glad now that our like account has us down as the only Jolly and Green archive in the world. We're <laughs> <laughs> cultivating all those old shouts, like we're sort of keeping pandas alive. Just so many of the lost <laughs> classics. You can only find them on the Real Politic Twitter account. Give us a follow at real politcast and you will not regret it we have never changed that like i for weeks i thought it was real politicast or real politcast and it was been made to fit in like the actual like at real politics is like something really deeply weird isn't it i quite often so i have a rule i don't 
I don't name search myself, but I but I do name search for show because like yeah. everyone, we're all in it together. So if it, you know, I, I don't so I don't I don't mind. Yeah, you know, it, it will see some nice praise or some really funny abuse from a right, which which is uh, you know which I I I mean I I do quite enjoy when um, when I find. Our, that our haters are actually listen to the show because they really do hate it when they do. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I, I always search real politic and quite often it just comes up with like random Turkish shit for some reason. I don't know why. The actual like yes, at real yes. politic is a guy called Jeremy D. Thompson <laughs> and he looks like a really like sucky fucking Democrat. <laughs> like, like, like a, a major, Hillary like, gimp. Yeah. But, like, not even that, like, I don't even, I can't understand half this shit. It's, like, the minutiae of, like, Democratic Party dealings. Hashtag like, Trump Russia. Yeah, I'm literally looking at an intercept, like, Russian hacking report. Like, it's, <laughs> and I can't slagging off the intercept. So it's all about, like, you know, Russia is bad, Trump is bad, but Glenn Greenwald is the worst. Yeah, well, that's... Like, um, Glenn Greenwald cost uh, Hillary the election. That's the proper Eric Garland Game Theory thread mentality, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, Glenn Greenwald, do you know who else hates uh, Glenn Greenwald? Uh, I Our don't, friend, I don't... friend of the show, Helen Lewis. Oh, does she? Why is that? Why does Why does she hate Glenn Greenwald? I think he um he took the piss out of that Jane Merrick tweet. <laughs> And, like, she called it, like, brochialism or something. You know that, uh, the I'm so sorry for Theresa May one? She was, like, oh, just in a typical, like, journo brochialist. (laughs) You've, like, Glenn Greenwald has achieved so much more than you'll ever do in your entire life. They're prepared to fucking die on the most ridiculous hills. Like, defending Jane Merrick. Like, just a single thickest person in the British media bar none forget Dan Hodges forget George <laughs> Eaton the most credulous man in journalism Jane Merrick is in a world of her own in terms of just sheer stupidity like how did she, I mean presumably she's like Oxbridge how did she even like get into fucking sick form like she's <laughs> fucking stupid she is incredible Incredibly stupid. I'm not just saying this, but and she always comes in with this sort of oh god, but which for a start, she's actually enthusiastic about centrism. She actually identifies as a centrist, not just one of these um, these centrists who thinks oh I'm the left. Although she will have a go at people when they say that centrists aren't proper leftists. Um, but yeah, she actually thinks centrism's good. She thinks it's thriving. Not just in France with Macron, but in this country. With that high turnout, you know, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. She thinks that uh, the alt-centre will rise and, like, redefine politics. <laughs> and she works for the fucking Spoon. She's, like, co-founder um... of the Spoon with Richard Myers and some fucking gimp I literally only heard of this morning. And have oh, yeah, the, like, the, the secret of. editor. Yeah, like... Is, yeah. Fucking teddy bear features fucking Rupert Myers and... Like, the fact that, like, the very name The Spoon implies from the outset that you are not taking your reader seriously. I mean, like, could you get, like, a male sort of editorial that's more geared to be like, listen, you're fucking stupid. Let us give you the headlines because you're too fucking thick to go onto the fucking Guardian or The Independent. And that's been their business model. That's how they pitched it to investors. Listen, people are fucking morons, right? Why don't we... 
get some fucking dickhead and two shit journalists that no one has any respect for, and we use them to say to people, sign up to our email, where we'll tell you the news. Only as someone as stupid as Jay Merrick can get behind that. And that's Kieran Morris with us here today as well. Yes, it is Kieran Morris here what, today. Have we not introduced Kieran oh, yet? We haven't, no. Bulldog of the show, the Vince Cable Slayer himself. Yes. Kieran Wait, Morris. Well, what, the you realise I wrote those threads, Tom? Are you giving Kieran oh, yeah, credit no. for my I, work, I'm, I'm you fucker? I, I'm referring to the uh, when Kieran went on his uh, uh, oh! rampage on the last episode. Yes, oh, yeah, absolutely. Sorry. There were some great uh, Vince Cable tweets uh, a couple of days ago from the account from Jack. Oh, yeah, but, but yeah. I don't know if they do quite compare to Kieran's... Uh, my fatwa. Spiel, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my call to arms. <laughs> it's like, oh, we'll fucking do you in, you cunt. <laughs> you literally offer him out for a fist fight in the street. It's like... Yeah. <laughs> it's like try saying you're standing for the Lib Dem leadership in a Peckham car park to my face, <laughs> mate. <laughs> Hey, McTurnan's listening. McTurnan's a fan and a friend. We want you on. And an ally. And an ally. A and a keen admirer of Gough Whitlam, like myself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we do want to get McT on at some point soon to basically discuss the kind of counter-revolution that would be thrown at Corbyn uh, in, a, in a similar manner uh, to what befell Gough Whitlam if he ever actually takes office as Prime Minister of the United Kingdom. And in a similar vein to a piece coming out on The New Socialist in a few days' time. A piece by uh, some... I'm not sure, some some kind of uh, small-time, like... uh, Small-time writer I haven't... I'm not sure I've heard of before. Uh, Some local uh, beatnik. <laughs> um, yeah, it begins with a Ken Ken Clark. Uh, like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some so, yeah. There's going to be some shit about that in the new socialist anyway. Almost said the new statesman. <laughs> there's not going to be any of it in the new statesman. <laughs> Apart from how like all the plots were really good. <laughs> Ten steps on how you can get the deep state to get rid of Prime Minister Corbyn. Why Prince Charles should get involved in politics more? <laughs> He's very woke on the environment, you know. Oh my God! I just remembered. Um, oh, do you remember when Trump got elected? And like there was like, a slew well. of like monarchist articles in the Guardian. Oh yeah. By Giles Fraser, just yes. calling for absolute monarchy again. What Giles Fraser is one of those guys like like our boy Mason almost who we'll talk about more in a bit. In that he's just fucking all over the place. Like he has some yeah, yeah. really sound politics, but at the same time, like yeah, Trump makes him wanna, you know, Trump makes him love monarchy and he's like really into Brexit and stuff. Like <laughs> he is what Johnny Vegas would have been if he wasn't saved from the priesthood. <laughs> Wait, Johnny Vegas almost became a priest. Yeah, he almost became a priest. Fantastic. Wow. I, Again, the man's just, you know, that. irrepressible. But if he had become a priest, he'd be Giles Fraser. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I can even see it in that the um, Giles, Giles Fraser's byline picture in The Guardian. It's very distinctly Johnny Vegas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can you sure see he's that. not just some long-term character? I, yeah, no, maybe, who knows? I, I can actually, yeah, I can see Giles Fraser, you know, hanging out with Cartoon Head, aka Gavin Barwell, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, keeping the supply flowing. 
Some fucking dickhead called Politiki UK is just banging on in our mentions about how Vince Cable is an economic heavyweight and he could see <laughs> I could see him gaining ground as negative consequences of Brexit become clearer. All right, give me give me a minute. Give me a second. <laughs> All right, I've replied. Oh. <laughs> Why have you put <laughs> Shut up, cunt. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see that thing earlier? Like some guy was like, some guy was yeah. like, oh, my nan saw Corbyn at Glasgow and was like, oh, Hitler used to do speeches like that. And I quote tweeted it like, hashtag legalize euthanasia. <laughs> he insta blocked us. The fucking melt. Cowards. Cowards. Lynching. <laughs> traitors. Sneering bunch of pricks they need crushing and they need crushing in the vein of our boy and our i don't want to say hero but paul, paul mason paul <laughs> ow i just clapped my hands oh <laughs> yeah i've got a broken oh, arm and my well that's what the mason hour does to you <laughs> yeah <laughs> i haven't even gotten the red stripe it's just pure natural exuberance <laughs> <laughs> um so Paul Mason made an appearance yeah. at the busy. pro. Sorry, Tom. I said he's been busy, hasn't he? He has been busy. Yeah, Paul Mason <laughs> made an appearance at the Progress Annual Conference. Just these stupid events. It's just like Caroline Flint shows up and says, "Yes, we need to equip every cop with big axes to behead the homeless, and we need to put immigrants inside." A vat of boiling chocolate, <laughs> and uh, and and sell them, you know, sell them as a delicacy or something. I don't know. Yeah, it's like Caroline Flint on two CB, just like <laughs> vibing different punishments for everything. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, right. So there's the immigrants. There's there's the people on benefits, the homeless, like you know, the disabled. Which group do we go for first? My favourite line from her was, like, I still believe we should be the party of the working class. It's like... (laughs) Have you... For one, have you not seen what we've done in the last two years? And for two, where the fuck were you from 1997 to 2015? That was the exact opposite of what you were trying to go for. It's this bizarre notion that any kind of socialist politics is inherently bourgeois that basically redistributive economics are this kind of incredible mid- sorry i just saw your shut up cunt tweet <laughs> almost roared and roared with laughter but um but but it's but to actually redistribute wealth and power in in your society and in your economy is this kind of ridiculous bourgeois luxury akin to, you know, to, to just flopping back on a four-poster bed having your servant shove grapes into your mouth. Like, it's... I was wondering where that was going, though. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I, I was thinking of the orgy sequences in Asterix, where, <laughs> because they're... Because there's, uh, they're cartoons for kids. The orgies aren't just like yeah, bare people fucking each other. They're, they're, they're basically just like fucking Roman poshos eating grapes and melted cheese. And by the end of the by the end of the sequences, they're always just 
covered in cheese. Oh my god. <laughs> Which I imagine just... is the case with some other orgies. <laughs> I'm imagining a nightmarish, like, like combination of Caligula and Asterix right now. You know, the incredibly R-rated Caligula film from the 1970s with um, uh, uh, Malcolm McDowell fucking hell. Well, Caligula, uh, Caligula made, famously made his horse a senator. Um, and to be honest, I think, given the current composition of the PLP, may not uh, actually, even within an expanded left flank in the Parliamentary Labour Party, we may not be able to get to the 15% nominations threshold required to get a left-wing candidate on the ballot. Therefore, if there are any horses around with strong socialist convictions... <laughs> Known in the CLP. Yeah, I, I do think... I mean, I would personally be fine with, you know, Ian Austin, Wes Streeting, getting replaced by a horse. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, we need cabinet balance. I mean, we kept Nia Griffiths. Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take anyone. It'll, anyone will be fine. Yeah, anyone, as long as they're not affiliated with progress. For me, that's a step in the right direction. Although, how long is that going to be a thing? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Actually... Because before the actual conference, there was news, wasn't there? That uh, then, as you say, Kieran, they're not exactly going to be around potentially for much longer. <laughs> oh, it's fantastic. Uh, it's the, the most fantastic terminal diagnosis I've ever heard. And I've heard plenty. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, to be honest, though, I'm, yeah, I'm really looking forward to... Uh, Henry Kissinger coming out and announcing he's got pancreatic cancer or something to that effect. <laughs> that would be a But then like, the twist is that he's left behind. all his money to progress. <laughs> <laughs> They've got a new wealthy donor. <laughs> but, um, yeah, but I mean, seriously, how much, even if they were funded by Kissinger rather than Lord Sainsbury, how much more imperialist can they get? How much more pro-war, how much more pro-American could progress conceivably get? I mean, they, they really would have to sort of... Like bomb Cambodia. Yeah, they would have to embrace the furthest right flank of the Republican Party. They would have to start walking around in MAGA hats. If, uh, oh, they were know... taunting it already. Did you see that, um, that progress piece with the uh, sort of breaking news headline that dominated the news cycle? which is that Jeremy Corbyn doesn't like intervention in the Middle East. Oh, my God. Yeah, I know. And we've been hearing about it in the news all week. Uh, it's all anyone can talk about. The polls have tanked as a result of it. And this progress <laughs> piece, um, it says that uh, it basically calls for war with Russia, with Iran, yes. <laughs> with renewed war with Iraq, with further intervention in Syria, and it regrets not getting more involved in Libya. Oh my god, wow. it's that's amazing. like a full house. And it manages to do all of that in about 600 words whilst <laughs> showing like no insight whatsoever. It's, it's right just like... For those it's of like, us playing interventionist bingo, like full house. I just remember like, do you, I, I'd love to like do kind of um, like an It's a Wonderful Life kind of thing where I would show Richard Angel... All the different realities where the things he wants to happen actually got put through. <laughs> like, look, look, Richard, look, we, we, we actually went even harder on Libya in this reality. And, you know, there's a caliphate that stretches 
from... They've reconquered <laughs> Spain. Yeah. The twist of it would be that he'd learn nothing and he'd just say, well, I just acted upon the intelligence I knew at the time. And then <laughs> that, would, that would purely be his response to it. But the twist of it would be it. that I, I wouldn't talk him off the bridge. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so who was at this? Uh, um, it was kicking off a little bit at the Progress Conference because, of course, there's the financial worries, and they invited Paul Mason into their midst to <laughs> fucking what cause the terror. Worries were, which were um, that, that Lord Sainsbury had withdrawn funding from them. He's uh, stepping back from frontline politics, and now they're moving to a members-led model. What was the What was the name of the club? It was the, it's uh... the Thousand Club, <laughs> the most so illustrious how... like inner circle in all of British politics. Yeah, so I heard about the Progress Thousand Club, and I made a joke like, I bet it costs a thousand quid to join." It literally does. <laughs> like it, 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 it actually does. Like more. It costs more, so you can pay from between 85 quid a month for oh. the cash strapped among us. That's the, basic, that's the basic one. Three, that's yeah, the that's, the, that's the basic <laughs> rate of a thousand <laughs> Or you can pay 3,000 quid a year in one big lump sum. That's the top You that's could, the top I mean, you could, but would you really want to? Like, And a grand only gets you one year of access to the Thousand Club. <laughs> it's an annual payment of £1,000, and that gets you well, three. free tickets to any progress event. I know. Like, mm. big. Also, you see Paul Mason tailored, events, nerds. tailored events just for you and <laughs> other Thousand Club members, which isn't courting influence whatsoever is just specific even you know better events like fucking trips on the Lolita Express and like (laughs) (laughs) invitations out onto Russian yachts and all that kind of thing (laughs) well I mean they're just jealous of us aren't they yeah that they're scrabbling down the back of the couch for money and we're buying fancy blenders with Russian cash and we're just living it up the like the Kremlin funds are not running out anytime soon for us, and they they can't make that direct pitch because they've already declared war on them. We're partying so hard, we're breaking limbs all over the place. We're literally going to be able to fund our own radio play soon. It's going to be it's unprecedented, and they yeah. are just, it's incredible. But, yeah. And now they're like they're going to move to this members-led model. It's yeah. like they've they've made it their big thing that like they're going to be a members-led organization, but. <laughs> Surely it isn't really about your members, but it's the views of regular voters that really matter. Yeah. And I think it's, a quite, it's quite myopic of progress to say that, you know, only members, these holier-than-thou activists, should have a say over what progress policy is. Yeah, I think it's ignorant this, of the rest of the country. They're not yeah, listening this, to the man on the doorstep. This tiny political fringe completely detached from, uh, yeah. from you know, the way that the population are feeling. Of the bourgeois middle classes, flush with money and free time to dedicate themselves to this quite niche interest that the man on the street just doesn't really understand. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you, you you get an idea of what how they kind of like uh, how they operate. Like when uh, Mason on the panel is going after, like which we'll talk about in more detail. Their only real response to anything that Mason is saying is just, "It's our party." It's you want to kick us out? You want to kick us you wanna, out? You want us to stay but be silent? Labour, 
It's a broad church. It's a broad it's a, church. It's a very it's a broad church. Mate, we how does Jenkins, that absurd Richard Angel God. fucking exist? How does like he just that big stupid baldy cunt just <laughs> somehow <laughs> able to go out with his shit eating dumb fuck face <laughs> every day and and say the same sneering pathetic whiny bullshit about how the hard left are trying to kick him out of the party for not agreeing with the leadership on everything where he literally runs an organization the entire point and focus of which is to come out and publicly disagree with the leader every day on every issue of policy practice and personnel and it's just like oh but we're a broad church we can have lots of it no we can, we're happy to have lots of views. What we don't need is our views being undermined. And when, like, they have, like, have nothing else to give anymore. They know they're, the they're so far away from cabinet. kick John McDonnell out of a party. I, we, we, I love Big John's description of progress. He described it as, as a group within the Labour Party called Progress who have a sort of a right-wing conservative agenda. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, did you see their response as well? Oh, they just they cry out. Oh, the first shadow chancellor doesn't care about unity. I'm there waiting to meet him to talk about it, and all the while, he'd gone to the television studio to call the organisation that I'm chair of, you know, hard right conservative, having a hard right conservative agenda. That's not okay. You know, we're like, we're all Labour members, and we believe in having a Labour government. That's what we are. Nothing more, nothing less. And. You know, as I say, I don't want to be on the television talking about this, but I feel like I've been backed into a corner and I've got no other choice now but to stand up and say, this is who we are and we should just get on with the business of getting a Labour government. They did an article calling him a trot father, for fuck's sake. They've got He's a not a cartoon on their website. He's not a trot. It's so intellectually reductive how these centrists don't know the difference between any fucking leftist ideologies everyone is both a trot and a stalinist and also a maoist well it's better than being a fucking strasserist like peter kyle who's that fucking prick yeah saying labor needs to be a workers party not a leftist party well what is workerism without leftism some bastardized form of fascism that's what it is yeah go fuck off with rob halfen and just set up your own weird fucking workers rights thing which is is the biggest problem that's always, you know, fell to the trade unions in this country is that when the political impetus is taken out of their message, they're narrow and self-interested and fall in on each other. And they don't help and they don't assist each other and they allow the government and they allow the government to defeat them purely on the fact that their political sense have been diminished. And this is all it's calling for. It's for the same thing to happen to Labour, yeah. to disassociate from politics to be a body of representation. And if we're just a body of representation, well, I'm sorry, but we'll get absolutely nothing done. Yeah. Go. Oh, by the way, Politiki has clapped back at us on Twitter and has said, genuinely can't tell if you're a parody account or not. Ah, very good. To which I'm going to reply, you retweet Michael Deacon, you fucking nerd. Stay <laughs> in your lane. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so progress. Um, 
shit went down. Shit went the... down. So yeah, Paul Mason showed up on a panel with uh, with Phil Collins, the famous drumming monkey, um, <laughs> and uh, and second best frontman of the two from Genesis. Um, <laughs> Paul Mason was on a panel with Emily Formbury and all these fucking melts and um not saying emily is a melt i'm saying that she was the exception to the general meltiness of the panel and uh yeah and basically he just happened to have defibrillator paddles strapped to each ass cheek and he brought hell to the nerds he brought hell it was beautiful there was some absolutely amazing quotes coming out of Paul, uh, just absolutely, and you could just sense the the anger just developing in the audience as he was just coming out with stuff like, you know, if you want a centrist party, this is not it. Oh God, that's the thing with Paul. Like he's got some shit opinions. We are not excusing them whatsoever, and like he's been weird with some of his politics. Yeah, if you were like in a fight to the death with like this horrible wing of the party that do not belong there. You trust him to punch one of the high-profile ones in the face. Like, (laughs) you think he'd take that hit. Would you rather have Paul on your side or some luminary of the soft left? Exactly. Like, Burnham's not going to fucking do it. Like, Mm. Duggar would be all talk, but would fucking shit himself. Yeah, right. he just, he just, sorry guys, got to go and uh, make one of my disgusting looking curries. Uh, bye. Yeah, he can't fucking cook a curry for shit, by the way. Yeah, Like, shy. he knows fucking nothing about curry. He knows nothing about spice <laughs> tempering. I bet he doesn't have black cardamom in his cupboard. The best spice of all. He doesn't use ghee. Or he, he might, he might use ghee. <laughs> that might be what it was, actually. I think it might have been a very unappetizing looking ghee. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Yeah, if you want a party disgrace. that's in favour of a legal war, form your own party and get on with it. <laughs> yeah, I love this because he's basically saying it's pretty sort of like he's not having a go at them. He's just saying, look, if you want a party that will reverse the Brexit result, a centrist party, and then a little smile flickers across his face. It's just like <laughs> a party that supports illegal war. <laughs> like, to give a shout out to Farage's fucked faces, and we now do, like, every episode. Yeah. Like, if you want a centrist party, they're called the Liberal Democrats, and they're fucking shit, and everyone hates them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, but, but my dad, like, I know I, I occasionally do bitch about my dad having centrist politics on the show and it's very it's very sad and tragic i know i know but on the other hand some of the stuff he says does crack me up so he, he i was talking to him about the election he was actually very happy that labor did a lot better than usual i'm even reliably informed by my mum that my dad actually voted labor which um i you know i genuinely thought he was going to vote lib dem um Partially because my parents live in one of the most Tory seats in the entire country. That homophobic dickhead Sam Guimar is our MP. Uh, who filibustered some kind of gay rights bill in Parliament. And, uh, yeah, he's a real piece of shit. Apparently a real cunt in real life. Um, and, yeah, uh, so so Labour have no hope in hell of like getting in any Surrey. But apparently the CLP has become quite a lot more lively in the Corbyn era. And... Um, uh, apparently, yeah, my, my dad voted Labour, but 
what he said was, you know, I was just looking at the election and it was like, you know, you've got the left, the party of the left, the party of the right, but who's speaking for the centre? Oh. I'm like, wait a fucking second, right for a start, <laughs> you have, there is a centrist party, there's the Liberal Democrats, there's... The SNP, I know you're you're not Scottish, but they're pretty much a centrist party, left of centre. You've got there's the new SDP, the new SDP, yeah. but they're they're like some weird pro Brexit oh, yeah. party. Yeah, they're, so they're, they're like really... the leader slash the only guy in the party is like an ex UKIP councillor <laughs> yeah, who like wants to be bizarre. an anti PC social democrat who hates Europe. Has that account yeah. followed you guys? Is it? Yeah, it's yeah, followed me. I, oh, I, I, did, I didn't let it follow me a while back. Yeah, I, I rejected. well it's because in in its bio they're like uh you know mate mate this is ridiculous i just searched sdp and it didn't suggest them oh wow i think they're at the sdp uk the sdp so he's so okay because so basically so this is a former uk councillor who wants to try and reform a dead party that or a party that went off to be like form the Liberal Democrats, but he wants to. So, like, he wants to split what? that back off to where, like it's sort of SDP, like Social Democrat wing, by I, I, trying to be David Owen, which is yeah. a fucking right. cunty, anti-PC, <laughs> like low-key racist, Eurosceptic Fruit Loop, who like <laughs> blew his whole career on like the stupidest vanity project imaginable he's trying to do that but he hasn't been foreign secretary he's been a fucking UKIP councillor so it's going to be even less successful (laughs) yes so in their bio on twitter they say the official feed of the social democratic party radically sensible radically sane tweets by (laughs) team not afraid to (laughs) tell the truth from the off that's yeah, amazing. I know. It's like literally in their bio. It's like, are they gonna have a look? Uh, if I try to join, are they gonna have a look through my medical records and be like, "Sorry, what's that about depression here? Get to fuck you, radically mad not a loon." <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, for those of us who are radically insane, I think this is quite exclusionary. But anyway, um, yeah, they're, they're a bunch of cunts. But yeah, but just so to it's... return to, and, I, and I'm probably some of the last bit, because I've just, um, I was looking through the progress quotes then to try and find more Mason shit. And it went back to uh, Dickie Angel, who's back in the game. Mm-hmm. And like, he's ever since that fucking insufferable shit, just entirely like atonal, like bollocks he came out with after the um, the London Bridge attack when he was so anonymous that the news thought he was just a normal guy on the street. Like, he's oh. had, like, this, like, little sort of bon mot that he thinks is, like, so intelligent that he's applying it to every imaginable situation where, like, it's his bio now and it was his quote from the, like, London Bridge attacks to talk about Islam. But now he's, like, he changed it to talk about the DUP with this, like, <laughs> if drinking G&Ts... Flirting with handsome women and chatting with strong, flirting with handsome, handsome men, men and yeah. chatting with strong women upsets the DUP. I'll do it more, not less. Like <laughs> anything, this is like bio. Sums up, it is literally his bio. Where, by the way, in his bio, he describes himself as a proud gunkle. <laughs> what the fuck is a gunkle? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is that? I'm, I'm picturing horrifying things here 
horrifying uh, gunky thing. Yeah, it sounds like a flap <laughs> in your throat. Like an um, irritated gunk or like has you like cough up blood. <laughs> but I love his I love how his bio is. Drinking gin and slim, flirting with handsome men, and hanging out with brilliant women. Cool. Hanging out with Alison McGovern. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it when Paul goes, this is when people are starting to shout, you know, it's our party and stuff again. They're really <laughs> using it with him. And he goes, I'm not a Marxist, but I will say this. Real Marxists, unlike me, have a place inside the Labour yeah. Party and always did have. Yeah, <laughs> he's just point. trolling like... them. He's just trolling them. Nobody would he's... dare go there and like, you know, if they're not actually a Marxist themselves, you would not go to a progress conference and defend Marxism. <laughs> You're not like John McTernan fucking showing up at the AWL. I love the, the bit of momentum that it turns out McTernan's part of is the AWL. <laughs> <laughs> That's the most predictable thing. It's great when Paul is just grinning at the audience and going, you are all welcome in Jeremy Corbyn's Labour Party. Yeah, <laughs> Jeremy <laughs> Corbyn's loving it, Labour Party. Uh, I love... Uh, I, I, there's other things I love as well. I love that he uh, he shouted out um, Shapurji... Sakla- yes, the first. Uh, he was the, the first Asian joint Labour communist MP, oh, which, yeah. if you ask me, puts the fucking Labour co-op melts to shame. Oh God, yeah, fuck the Cooperative Party. <laughs> yeah, we just stomp the them out. Party. Literally, there's there's one good MP who's Labour co-op, isn't there? And everyone else is a fucking prick. Hang yeah. On, Labour Cooperative Party. Let me know. Isn't Peter Kyle like big into them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That says it all, doesn't it? Uh, noted Strasserist Peter Kyle. I fucking hate him. I fucking hate him because like all of that area of East Sussex would be perfect if it wasn't for him. Yeah, like, exactly. We've, we've got, got it all like ideologically balanced, apart from you know, let's get uh, Caroline Lucas of the left in a Brighton yeah. pavilion. But exactly. like he just clings on like a bad fucking smell. Like he's just. <laughs> Prick. He's one of the um, <laughs> one of the MPs named by Cowley in the um, the infamous Labour is heading for 130 seats. But there are still some good gems. <laughs> where he Jason says, Cowley, vote for Labour for the sake of Peter Kyle. So it turns out, I think Kate Osmore is the only unambiguously good Labour cooperative MP. The other who could arguably be described as good is Rachel Maskell, but she's a weird Tim Farron-style Christian and resigned because of Article 50. <laughs> oh, my God. We've got a um, reply on the um, Richard Angle... Uh, angle? Angel? I don't know how to pronounce it. Is it angel I think it's angel? angel. I think it's Richard just Angel. angel. He, not even th- a real angel. No. <laughs> I'm just saying. Just Put Richard Angel, proud gunkle. And someone replied with, um, <laughs> does gunkle mean worm-headed dweeb? <laughs> <laughs> It might as well. Um, but just, just to, to give you an idea of... Oh, is Alex Sobel one of ours? No, he's fucking... He's he's uh, one of those co-signatories to the Stay in the Single Market. He was at Open Labour yesterday. Oh, he's got the melt. makings of a class prick. Was he one of the ones interviewed by Jacobin? He, possibly, but he's, he's bad. He's yeah. smarmy bad. He's like... We need to watch out for him, because he's, he's been drafted in to just be a wrecker like let's get yeah. him marginalized asap are you gonna lay do you, do you want to take the opportunity to lay down the gauntlet if he attempts this kieran like you did with uh, vince cable 
Yeah. <laughs> you lay Is he down big the... time enough? I mean, like, no, do <laughs> I go for Alex Sobel yet? Do I, like, give no him some rope to hang himself? Yeah, exactly. No one fucking knows who he is. <laughs> but just you're going to wait until he unleashes his fuckery, and then that's when yeah. you're going to play fancy. Just know right. that his card is marked. Just to give you an idea of some of the other people who are Labour cooperative, we've got Chris Leslie, sad, lonely, bitter man. We've got got Jay Reynolds, Johnny Reynolds, the boy who uh, who, uh, apparently quite likes a bit of a banter, a bit of a left banter, but also... Is that floppy-haired John, or is that bald John? Is that Ashworth, or is that that, Reynolds? Oh, oh, Ashworth as well. Ashworth is in uh, his Labour cooperative as well. Um, Lucy Powell. Hey! uh, Gareth Schnell. Gavin Shooker, one of the weirdest fuckers in the whole of Parliament. Anna Turley, Yair's MP. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking Mike Gapes. The aptly named yeah. Stephen Doty. The absolute boy. <laughs> Stella Prime Reese, Minister Mike Gapes. Seema Malhotra. That, who, she uh, was a snake. Yeah, she proper snake McDonald, didn't she? Yeah. She was his, his PPS, I think, and then was just like, oh, resigning because of a coup. Oh, wasn't she? Yeah, she was Chief Sec to the Treasury. Or oh, Shadow, yeah, Chief, but... Chief, uh, Shadow Chief Sec. Leave that in, I don't care. People can hear was that I struggle she... with that many S's and C's. Was she the one who alleged that, like, McDonald's uh, staffer, like, tried to, like, illegally broke into her office or something? Yeah, and I think, then I it think was, so. It was investigated by the Parliamentary Standards Committee or whoever investigates that kind of shite, and they were like, this was nonsense. It was just when they were throwing any absolutely pathetic bullshit at Corbyn. It was the era of, uh, he threatened to call Conor McGinn's dad on him. <laughs> Stuff like that. But, like, um, he would, in any other workplace, be, um, prosecuted for both, like, being racist and sexist yeah. and incompetent for firing, or not firing, for I don't even know what he it was. It was Chai Onorua, I think, or Fangam fa- Debonair. It was Chai Onwara who said who said the uh, thing but it was uh, but she was talking about herself and uh thangham debonair sorry the the mp with the greatest name in parliament thangham debonair it's a pretty cool name debonair a dashing debonair well malhotra was the one she introduced like corbin mcdonald like the day before and then resigned the day after <laughs> I my I mean my favourites are uh, for people who just blatantly got pressured into like participating in the coup. Oh yeah. It's like Sarah Champion, who we've already talked about, she did the Larry David thing. <laughs> resigning back to work. Yeah, resigning one day and then being like, uh just, just coming back, yeah. And uh, and Carl Turner is another one as well. I thought he was a proper cunt for ages. And now I thought he was, you know, a diehard Woodcock style ideological anti Corbynite. But now Carl Turner's just like, yeah, Corbyn's great. I love his <laughs> yeah. policies. He's a Didn't... great guy. I just got, I got like bullied into participating in the coup. Do you know what it is the year today, lads? I just thought we should bring up this anniversary oh. of the day we're recording. Oh. Today oh, is the greatest moment in the yeah. history of the Labour movement. Oh yes, worldwide. <laughs> yeah, I know what it's going to be. The <laughs> Titanic, the the uh, foundational 
slug salting. Yeah. It was <laughs> the, It'll go the down assassination down. of the coward Hillary Benn by <laughs> Jeremy Corbyn. Yeah. It was a glorious clip. I mean, it was at one o'clock in the morning. Uh, Hillary yep. Like fucking about. Hillary Ben, you understand? They and... killed many a man. Ordered <laughs> the airstrikes against Syria. <laughs> um, I just think I still think of that moment like it took so long because they had to have a séance with Tony. <laughs> Tony gave it the get go, just like you know, go for it. Yeah. He didn't steal from the rich to give to the poor because he preferred common sense centrist economics. <laughs> he's back about, by the way. He's uh, leading the calls for a soft Brexit, which again oh, means yeah, he's, nothing. He's chair of the Brexit committee, which is where MPs go to fucking shrivel up into a little ball of cum and die. I don't know where, I don't know where the cum came from, but it's, I, I, it was... That's like, it. Well, it's, it's parliamentary image. procedure, so... You know. <laughs> You know, it's um, weird, but that's that's what yes. all Home Affairs committees and Brexit committees, that's what they are. Yeah, <laughs> just 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 MPs gradually shriveling into a, just a little perfectly circular <laughs> gunk of semen. <laughs> For all the hours of the reception and then they just reanimate and leave. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, what else do we need to talk about while well, we got a few minutes? Well, uh, I think we, we need to highlight it at some point. It's Corbyn at Glastonbury. Yes. Glastonbury, yes. So this, I Corbyn thought this goes electric. Amazing. I thought this was an amazing moment. Yeah, Corbyn going electric, exactly. Mum and Dad um, were there. Because Mum and Dad really? have like marvellously decided to fuck off to Glastonbury for days, <laughs> leaving me the house in Liverpool all to myself, which has been amazing, by the way. Uh, but they decided... <laughs> on a whim to go to Glastonbury, like, mum's been hyped, mum's a diehard, lifelong socialist, militant tendency, dad's back yeah. on board with Corbyn after years of just being completely just ignoring politics altogether, and they're back about and just having a great time. Like, mum was listening to Run the Jewels for the two weeks previous, just nice. because she thought she had to, to get that's into Corbyn. Awesome. So she's and into Run the Jewels well. now. Nice. Like that's that's really really cool. Like I I've tried. I've tried I've tried to say to my mum, um, you know, run the jewels. Look, they're actually they've got good politics. They're not misogynists. But uh, I think it's like she she doesn't like the musical aesthetic of hip hop very much. But fair play to your mum there. Um, like I you know I hope hopefully her and your dad beat the shit out of Tom Watson and steal his little blue cap. I gave my dad the direct order to hit Ed Balls. <laughs> I said, please, Dad, do so. And he said, I'll see what I can do. Um, seriously, like, we'll find out in the news in the next few days. What Tom Watson was wearing in that picture, I honestly didn't identify it, it as him for a while. I thought it was just some random fat bloke who had gone viral. And everyone was, <laughs> <laughs> I thought everyone was just taking the piss out of him just for looking funny. And then, then I looked at his face. I was like... Fuck. It's him, bloated it's... fucking 1920s train attendant. Yeah, it's the former fucking, it's the former party chair of the Labour Party. It's it's the it's the <laughs> colour coded flat cap. Yeah. He went out and look... got that flat cap in the exact colour as that fucking disgusting polo. The exact <laughs> the, the colour. The Lacoste polo that he's got. Was it, is he it got Lacoste? one of them and showed it to the other. He bought yeah. one, went into a shop, and asked for it in that colour, be it the flat cap or the polo. And it's fucking espadrilles. It's his fucking espadrilles. He's wearing espadrilles. <laughs> I made a tweet, like, uh, 
So where can we stream Jeremy Corbyn speaking at the Conservative Party annual conference? And I got a new follower from the old Labour right. Come on in, guys. Yeah, welcome on. Welcome on. Water's cool. lovely. Content. Pal. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it might be a friend of Jack, of, 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 our, of our literal only friend on the Labour right. Our actual comrade. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, so, you know, that I, I, got, I got some numbers out of it, I, you know. Uh, which uh, which is it, the, ultimately what it was for. Yeah, I think that was Jez's intention. But no, seriously, it was such a good speech. People have said that it was a kind of greatest hits of Corbyn. Helen Lewis said, oh, Corbyn is very much playing creep rather than idiotech. It's like, Helen, Kid A came out 17 years ago. I'm pretty sure a lot of Radiohead fans have heard idiotech. But, yeah, um, not to mention, like, in, like, the replies... Like, she yeah. says that Idiotech is bad. Does she? Which, yeah, like, someone says Idiotech's good, though, and she, like, does, like, this sassy gif reply. And she's just, well, like, if, you know, breaking news, everyone, Helen Lewis has a bad taste in music. Helen Lewis turns out to be a philistine. Who could have known it? You know, I, I, I hope the Ice Age is coming, but it uh, sweeps up the new statesman offices before anywhere else. And, um... Yeah, so Corbyn did this kind of greatest hits performance. He also did, I think, a longer speech at the left field stage where he brought on John McDonnell. And I know Clive Lewis appeared at the festival as well at some point. But yeah. And Clive, remember, is good again. But basically... Um, oh, yes. Oh, it's th- been a this... year since he registered his website. <laughs> <laughs> Never it's forget. Two... <laughs> From the Glastonbury tents. It's two days' time, isn't it? But, yeah, um, I think so. it, it's very it's soon. It's the 27th. <laughs> That's fantastic. But, the Clive anniversary. Uh, yeah, Probably like how things this. changed. Oh my god. Yeah, that might, no, that might even end up being when we release this. But yeah, Corbyn did a great speech. He talked about peace. He talked about how the elites and the commentariat have been yeah. wrong. You know, uh, obviously my heart just melts whenever anyone throws shade at the commentariat. No pun intended. <laughs> he started doing that as well. Like, yeah. he's, he's recently, like, he's realised there's... It's not just you can go for elites, you can go for the Tories, but he's also, like, and it's getting such a response, are the media cunts? And, like, everyone's <laughs> yeah. going, like, yeah, they're cunts, Jeremy. They haven't given you a fair chance. And it's like, remember the last two years? They all said I was shit. I'm not shit, am I? Crowd's like, no! And that's all <laughs> it's about now. Just, like, yeah. turning everyone on the media... And so they're just <laughs> shitting their pants even more than they previously were. Yeah, but it, it was amazing. And then he, he quoted Percy Shelley to this huge crowd, rise like lions from your slumber. And everyone was proper into it. It would all be these big, oh, Jeremy Corbyn chants. But the yeah. thing was that they were actually chanting that during Radiohead set yeah. on the first night as well. It's yeah, not yeah. just... Um, you know, the, the bloke from the Kaiser Chiefs said that he's seen more Corbyn t-shirts at Glastonbury than any fucking band whatsoever. So I think now's probably a good yeah. time to, to briefly touch on the way you, that certain centrists have responded to this incredible kind of experience of a frontline politician standing on a stage and getting this a huge stage at a music festival and getting this rapturous reception. Well, so, so some people, like Martin F. Robbins, who, not going to lie, I, I genuinely thought that gibbering tech nerd prick was the same person as Jonathan Haynes. 
I, I think they are. There I was think it's like no, a Jekyll and Hyde kind of thing, but one just sort no, of fatter and more than the guns. other. <laughs> yeah, they're both guns, but one's just got less of a fucking chin. Yeah. The blue moon comes out and Jonathan Haynes' neck just retracts into his body. <laughs> a shitty, horrible forced goatee emerges. So they've become sort of uh, Corbin chant troofers, haven't they, as our friend Alex coined. They've, yeah, uh, like, it's they, fucking so predictable. Sort of like, so where did this oh Jeremy Corbyn chant come from? Who started? Was it Seamus Milne again? Was it <laughs> <laughs> Seamus at the very back? Yeah. Like screaming it to get it going and then just disappearing into the night. I fucking wish that was true. Well, it, it's very much like the wave of that that del- that David Mills melt on Twitter was like, oh, you know, I've, I, it seems to be quite prominent. Corbynites are saying slug and melt as well. Like I've seen Matt Zarb cousin say it. It's like he thinks that fucking Corbyn and Seamus and Zarb are just all together. Like <laughs> these because, fucking like, Zarb's slugs like, taken so well to like the sort of language we've spoken and yeah. like we've used like so many people like a lot of like centrist dads like matt young and andrew spooner like <laughs> yeah. think that it's part of this like agitating yeah to like completely like overturn democracy and like <laughs> the understood and known media because like Zarb's <laughs> called him like a fucking weapon or something and he's cried all night <laughs> Who was it? Who was it? Who came out and said that it's a typical Stalinist intimidation tactic? Who fucking said that? It was oh, James Bloodworth. Nicholas Reddish said it as well. Oh yeah. Who said he was like, I wonder what compliance think of the word melt. Yes. Like, well, you're right, mate. Compliance cop. probably would think that it's not on, but that's because they're a bunch of fucking cops. So these are the that's same because people, they're people but... like you, the same kind of pathetic, gibbering fucking melt, whose politics are perpetually stuck in 1997. But can so I we... just say though, ironically, if we're going back to 1997, the last time radio had played Glastonbury, uh, <laughs> in those 20 years, they probably would have been there, like like my dad was the last time there. Yeah. He was, he saw Radiohead because he was waiting for Ocean Colour Scene, which is just <laughs> the most sort of dad thing imaginable. The most authenticratic music yeah. choice you could but possibly in those, make. Like, was in those 20 popular. years, like, it's gone from Glastonbury is like the foundation of my entire life. It's all like save up for. It's a true expression of society and meaning and music. And this is 1997 and Blair's coming in. It's all golden for these folks. But yeah. now these same whinging fucking pisshead centrist dads have come out with like, oh well, phew, they can afford Glastonbury, can they? It's, uh, it's not oh, a very uh, working class, is it, comrade? Uh, oh. So I see you are typing your rude socialist tweets to me on a uh, mobile telephone, oh. which seems to me to be a product of capitalist methods of production. I think a certain amount of those uh, chanters over there might have had a coffee on their way in. So, <laughs> the you funniest one like, I've got from someone I won't name by name, even though that some listeners will know who it is, and this person blocked me recently for saying he should fuck off and vote Tory if he thinks he couldn't <laughs> force out people onto the streets to get rid of Theresa May. Uh, he was tweeting last night about do you know what? Glastonbury is just the most establishment thing possible. You know what I mean? Like, there's nothing countercultural about it. It's, you know, Adele's playing Ed Sheeran. That's not the counterculture. This, like, 55-year-old fucking man. Like, this, like, SDP voting, like, fucking insufferable prick. <laughs> telling people on this he... pissed rant that, like, actually Glastonbury isn't cool. 
Well, he looks at the lineup and all the artists that are cool and are relevant. He's just never heard of. Oh yeah, so, and he thinks so that all... it's more like you know, it's full on like like the equivalent of like Ronnie Wood, like yeah. the sort of the fading golden oldie who still thinks he's cool, but every time he comes out and makes an, an embarrassment of himself, he thinks that's Glastonbury and it's actually him. and of course uh, but I mean it is amazing to see an incumbent prime minister on stage at a major music festival like Glastonbury yeah and it's a a coup for them and did you see that thing about uh, what Michael Evis said where he was like um, when he said when are you going to get rid of Fryden and Corbyn just went as soon as possible yeah and then like (laughs) like, they've been whinging already going like oh dear yeah like he's going to subvert uh, Labour Party policy and get rid of Trident. Jeremy Corbyn doesn't like nuclear weapons. Apparently not, yeah. Well, they've they've always tried to say it. So, uh, so, so Jeremy Corbyn, uh, so you're against Trident. I just realised that this voice is Sophie Ridge from Sky, but I didn't mean to to do it. So, so Jeremy Corbyn, you you don't support nuclear weapons, but Labour's manifesto says they're going to keep Trident. And he's like, yeah. And they're like, but but, but manifesto (laughs) says one thing, and your personal view is another. And Corbyn's like, yeah. Correct. And she's like, but, 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 but Jeremy, can you please explain that to me again? I don't quite understand it. But, yeah, it's like Michael, Michael Evis, like another bearded old fucker. Like, if Corbyn hadn't got into politics, he'd probably be working on his farm. Like, yeah, they'd be having a like, whale of a time. Yeah, two hippie-ish old left, left-leading blokes. Like, you know, what, they're not going to be... Corbyn's not going to lecture Michael Evis. Like, actually... Labour Party democracy states that we go through process. everything through the conference. Do not yeah, ever yeah. ask me that again. <laughs> Corbyn said <laughs> as soon as possible as well. And as a, a unilateralist member of the Labour Party, I'm not quite sure how possible it is. So I but don't like, even what think do you fucking expect? Like, like, are there going to be swing voters who were like, what, shit, do you mean he actually might get rid of nuclear weapons? Oh my, I can't vote for this party again. Like, no, who's going to feel duped? By Jeremy Corbyn going, oh, yeah, I'd like to get rid of Trident. <laughs> Only those stupid old men with 50 chins from Jay the Merrick's fucking dad. debate. The yeah, elephant Jay man. Merrick's fucking idiot dad. Like, yet another good reason to legalise euthanasia. Not because he's <laughs> the elephant man and is severely deformed. I, I am not a Let's crowdfund of so we can get him, before he dies, the chance to fuck Trident. <laughs> Why don't we set that up as, um, you know, an olive branch to Jane Merrick? Yeah. Presuming she can grab it and not, you know, somehow slip on a banana peel and spill a coffee <laughs> on herself while a slide whistle goes in the back. And an audience starts laughing and she falls into a banana pie. <laughs> but isn't Jeremy Corbyn prime minister? Jeremy, like, isn't he, he's prime minister he's now. He's such a prime minister. Like, oh my God, it's like... I have never seen anyone who is Prime Minister so hard. Yeah, he's Prime Ministering it all over the fucking place. He and like, it started as like a sort of, he looks like the Prime Minister. And then yeah. our, 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 like, no, the, the ex-Prime Minister started, uh, <laughs> started yeah. just not showing up to shit and just doing really weird shit that like a bad, like really poorly performing opposition leader would do. Like yeah. hiding and yeah. managed state <laughs> events and like, not saying anything to the press because every time you open your mouth, you lose four points. And then, yeah. like, Corbyn just started, like, attending tragedies and speaking to large crowds of people who all, like, adore him. And, like, yeah. how, you know, 
how can you not say he's not prime minister? It's really ever, fucking clear. Like, you're, you're an idiot to pretend anything else. But as ever with any kind of running joke on the left, the best thing about it is all the toads and melts who just can't take it, who are just, like, fucking blubbing their eyes out because we're saying Corbyn's the prime minister. And then you've got, you've got Twill Dunn, you've got Dan Hodges going, No, he's not! Theresa May is the prime minister! I voted for her! Why would she be, not be prime minister if I voted for her? And it's fucking pathetic. It's fucking sad. Like, my favourite response is, like, it's not just, like, it's he's not the Prime Minister, but it's, like, you know, Theresa May actually won the election, and then you just have to have a quick chat with him and be like, she didn't. That's that's not what the election said. There's a hung parliament. There's not a majority. The Prime Minister is the... um, Whoever's able to form a government, and one hasn't been formed. There isn't a government. The government isn't running. Like, they... Once again, like the failures of electoralism yep. come from just the stupidest cons who don't understand it. Who are just like, <laughs> well, she's prime minister, so she won. So Corbyn should have won, but he's never going to win again because the next person who, again, they're going to think that she has to be deposed as the successful prime minister by someone else who'll have a better chance. Oh, he'll never get that chance again. She was the worst he'll ever face, and a good Tory will win. Well, like, yeah, of course a good Tory will win if you fucking vote for them. Yeah, exactly. Of course well, that will, maybe, you know, probably it won't well, fucking happen because this ter- party's falling apart at the seams. Theresa May was the good Tory to these people. Yeah, exactly. she was the safe pair of hands. Yeah, to Dan Jarvis, sorry, not Dan Jarvis, to Dan, to Dan Hodges. Jarvis, probably. To, yeah, to, yeah, I'm probably to Dan Jarvis, Marine. To Dan, <laughs> to Dan Hodges, to David Aronovich, to all the uh, quote-unquote Labour columnists who... Um, uh, basically said that, that it was early on that they would be voting Tory. Um, and spent ages vo- tugging themselves off over her managed campaign strategy. Yeah, they Just were like, is this going to work? To, in Aronovich's words, keep Jeremy Corbyn's obnoxious views out of Downing Street. So they really did see Theresa May as the good Tory, both ideologically and on the the level of competence compared to uh, compared to the Labour Party's current leadership. Um, so, yeah, but so, so, so obviously they're fickle as anything, so when the winds of public opinion changes, then Aronovich and Hodges will go, yeah, well, we didn't think she was good, we just uh, hate the left more than absolutely anything in the world. It's like, no, you did think she was good, and you were, yeah. like, smarting and seeing, like, this excellently executed, like, pitch to the centre, the tanks on Labour's lawn, by this competent grown-up politician who's going to restore sanity, as they all they fucking all love say. The manifesto. Yeah, they, they fucking adored that shit. You know Matthew Dancona and the Guardian, the Guardian's resident open Tory, rather than uh, rather than just any of the know, fucking hundred closet cases they've got. Yeah, exactly. Um, he he wrote so many positive articles about Theresa May during the election. The Tory manifesto is a bold break with neoliberalism, which exists now, and it's good to break with it now that the Tories are doing it. Um, yeah, he did that kind of thing, and he did an article saying, Theresa May is right on terrorism, we can't... Uh, he wrote some basically Islamophobic filth 
saying we can't uh, be soft on terror for fear of offending people, some fascist shit like that. But oh yeah, they were um, like, oh, then... it was a brilliant move for May to say that. It was like yeah. John Major saying that. And it's like, yeah, but... do you remember what happened to John Major? Yeah. But then <laughs> as, so- as soon as soon as the result of the election was in. As soon as people saw that there was a hung parliament, dickheads like Dancona were suddenly like, yep, yeah, Theresa May is absolutely terrible, has run a terrible campaign. It, it's like... Um, it's like, so these, these guys like Matthew Dancona, they just kind of... This is what I'm saying, Tories are ideological, but not necessarily in the same way as people on the left. So... Tories, Tories' ideological focus is that they want there to be a Tory government that will maintain capital, maintain the kind of status quo. They wouldn't, they wouldn't express it like that in their, uh, you know, themselves. Like the Tories, they want some kind of social justice, but they believe that that social justice comes from having a strong free market economy. So and some think you can use the state. Some think that things will just naturally fall in behind them. And others also think like this like this whole one nation idea that like there should be hierarchy so that the rich can succeed and redistribute to the poor. That's only shared by a few of them and a lot of them straight up are, you know, every man for themselves. Yeah. There is a natural underclass and but they have their own fundamental problems. We can't really help them. They need initiative. They need to sort of like patrician uh, treatment where they're told what to do, how to sort themselves out, and that more importantly, that no one's going to do it for them, and where eventually they can, you know, earn access into the secret club above them, where they've yeah. got enough by their own initiative and shatter enough people around them to be let in. And even then, even then, because hierarchy is, and class is much more entrenched and much more perverse than that, they'll be kicked back down and they just get to laugh at the oiks. And that is as far as their ideology goes. It is well, that um... simple. For me, the extent to which the Conservative Party and their members are ideologically driven is is best illustrated by the way that they will ditch you if you're no longer convenient. So Matthew Dancona furiously defended Theresa May throughout the campaign when nobody else would, saying that her stance on terror was right, that the manifesto was great. And then the minute that she lost her parliamentary majority and the other Tories were slagging her off... You know, he sunk the knife in. Well, yeah, and like that... he was a Cameronian columnist as well. That's the thing about conservative ideology is that it ends with the leader. You don't get any fucking Blairites in the Conservative Party because Cameronianism ended when he fucked off and lost everything. Mayism, mm. no one's going to fight to defend Mayism in the next leadership election. There's not going to be no. the Mayist candidate or the Cameronian candidate. They'll pick Mayism doesn't exist. It's, still, <coughs> it's, it's, a, it's a construct. It's a fake construct. You know, red Toryism, which again, it's fucking bollocks. It's a right-wing agenda through and through. There is no Mayism, and Jason Cowley looks like a bigger tit than ever. Yeah. <laughs> fucking wanked off over it for months and months and months, just dribbling every time Theresa May popped out a new press release. We'll see what Ledsomism is soon. We'll see what <laughs> like, fucking Javidism and Foxism and Davisism is. Javidism is just fucking objectivism for fuck's sake. It's... <laughs> Javidism is fucking looking like an egg and reading Ayn Rand. Yeah. <laughs> so, Oid PTG is saying that um, he thinks that toads of the old right 
and slugs are Blairites. And Alex Williams suggests that melts are the softest of the soft left. Now, I do think that... Uh, and I think, actually, Guido Fawkes called this correctly in there. Um, like they do with everything. It, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Spot on website in their Corbyn Easter slang dictionary. That I, I think there is a connotation of political cowardice to melt. Yeah. Like, you melt under the pressure of the Labour right, for example. Yeah. Um, but like, that's so, the thing, like, there's much firmer people cracking the whip with you. If you're a melt, yeah. it means, like, some someone or something is making you fall into line like even if you pretend to have principles it's when the heat is even slightly on you melt like it's that like you know and obviously bastani has the greatest recorded use of it which is melt poles <laughs> talking about melt the poles. Melt poles. yeah <laughs> stop reading those melt poles people and stay away from a brown acid uh, <laughs> uh, but actually who, who wrote that book here in the hammer of the left oh john golding John Golding, yeah. I thought Raphael so. Bear's father. <laughs> the inventor of the Raphael Bear sneer. <laughs> I, thought, uh, I thought that Raphael, Be- Raphael Bear's father was Mr. Bear. And then there was Mrs. Bear and Little Bear. And there's Goldilocks, who's not actually a member of a family. <laughs> and they all lived in the forest and the father was a cobbler. Yeah, and that's Ra- why he Ra- had his first confusion over why shoes don't look like feet. Yeah, the reason that Ra- <laughs> the reason that Raphael Bear is always just fucking bitter and pissed off in his columns is because some fucker stole his porridge. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, staying on the theme of kind of like children's stories and so on. Although this isn't a, this isn't uh, drawn from a fairy tale. This is drawn from a slightly more contemporary work. But this is an extract from The Hammer of the Left by John Golding. So it starts, The Toads. (laughs) Then there's a quote. The world has held great heroes, as history books have showed, but never a name to go down in fame compared with that of Toad. From The Wind in the Willows by Kenneth Graham, 1859-1932. So, no modern Prime Minister has had an easy, tranquil life. Few, however have faced as many difficulties as Jim Callaghan did between 1976 or 1979, or have become as tired and exhausted. Without a parliamentary majority, not only did he have to contend for the massive economic problems from the oil crisis, but also the enormous trouble created by two characters straight out of the world of make-believe. Anthony Wedgwood Ben and Eric Heffer. Both while being modelled in their own ways on Toad of Toad Hall, <laughs> called themselves Labour Members of Parliament. They made life hell for, I guess, Callahan. the uh, extract stops there. But that's fantastic, seeing that the, the, the old Labour right were chucking around Toad long before we ever were. It's like Blair calling Piers Morgan a slug. Which would be apt, but wouldn't make him good, because he'd say, slug... Or something. A, a, a slug. Yeah. <laughs> he's a slug, but clever. That was it. And, and, and he's not clever, is he? Piers Morgan, actually, he is like one of the thickest cunts in the media. I mean, we were talking about how stupid Jane Merrick is. But Piers Morgan has this kind of I've got to play devil's advocate at all times thing. Where um, uh, So after the general election, a Tory MP came on and he'd be like, 
So you've lost the election. Labour have pretty much won this, haven't they? And then a Labour MP would come on and he'd be like, oh, oh, what, what? You're acting like you've won, but actually you've lost. <laughs> and, it, and, and he basically just changes his views depending on who he's talking to and who he wants to piss off. Um so I don't know, maybe that does uh, evidence a certain amount of mental agility on Piers Morgan's part. But I don't, you know, I think he's a slug, but maybe the not American, quite as clever yeah. as Blair The American maybe, media yeah. spat him out quite, spat, spat him back out. Oh, God, yeah. So, like, yeah. you know, we were unlucky, to take him, unlucky enough to take him back for fuck's sake. So, like, <laughs> yeah. Oh. Well, unfortunately, Alex Jones didn't shoot him at the end of their pitch debate. <laughs> oh, look, oh, to have known that that's what everything would become. Like, Alex yeah. Jones now just, like, offers out practically anyone who says anything bad about Trump. Like, he just tries to, like, start a campaign <laughs> to, like, get Johnny Depp banned from films. Because someone's like, someone's going to assassinate Trump, and he's like, Oh, you motherfucker! You motherfucker, we're going to come for you! We're going to get you, you, you son You horrible! You slime! I'm going to kill you! Like, Phil! <laughs> he's like, excuse me, sorry, I know this is a family audience. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I love when he apologizes. Did I tell you about when he apologized to Jesus because he said damn or something? Oh, he's gonna already he apologizes because he like he had too much testosterone in him. Because he had a steak <laughs> the night before and he'd been working out. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. I'm sorry, I'm really, really, really hyped up. Really how hyped many up. Fu- how many fucking steaks has he had? Um, how many fucking steaks had he had before he went on the Joe Rogan podcast that time? Oh yeah, like, like, his <laughs> shit must be just bright crack. green. Yeah, he's gonna have iron poisoning one day. Excuse me. I think my testosterone's going up. This happens every time I start working out a lot again. And I. Uh... Swam two miles this morning pretty hard and uh, ate a big fat steak last night. It's full of hormones, testosterone on its own right. So I'm going a little bit wild today. Excuse me. Um, Closing messages. Okay. Yeah, so what do we want to say to the people? Thank you. For, I guess thank you very much for tuning back in. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for coming back. You keep on coming back. We don't know fucking why. But <laughs> for some reason, you do like this. And you've got this far. So, Yeah. I mean, we don't need to convince you on anything ideologically anymore. I mean, you know, we're all stepping to the same tune, and that's it's just great, isn't it? You know where we stand. Yeah. We're going to be... We personally are going to be taking Broadcasting House very, very soon. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. As a gift from the McDonald Treasury, and... Ooh, keep the good times rolling. It's the only thing Sunday. I can really say. The summer's coming up. <laughs> Government uh, is on the The sun has got his hat on. <laughs> coming out to play. We are having such a good time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but the thing is, I'd say, the politics is good again, baby. Oh, it's like, been so fucking good for so long now. That's sort of like the, 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 the most shocking development. And I really do feel for all these fucking centrist gimps who've spent their entire <laughs> miserable 50-year-old life thinking you have to be the most boring fuck in the world you know literally like sleeping in a bow tie any vaguely subversive thought in your head snuffing it out instantly because some swing voter in dickhead upon cunts like might not necessarily like it like um you know these these people are they clearly have had a very small amount of friends their whole life 
if, if some somebody's like, oh, mate, do you want to have a spliff? They're like, I'm calling the police. Like, if, <laughs> oh, if somebody's like, oh, God, I, these, this government, like, they just want to, they just want war. All the, the Tories and Labour. And they're like, uh, excuse me, war is actually very good. Um, you know, they've thought, basically, that you have to be the most tedious, square suit cunt for, your in, for their entire lives. And now they're finding out that you people can just ignore all those rules, all their rules of civility in political debate, and still do pretty well. And that must be gutting. No wonder they're fighting back furiously, trying to claw back every last bit of dignity and self-respect that they have absolutely no hope of ever finding again. They, like, their whole world is crashing down. Corbyn is literally the end of the world for these fucking suits. It's beautiful. And it's beautiful. Yeah, I, I can't think of anything more deserved, frankly. Cutting oh my god, this is going to be the best fucking summer of my life. I'm just thinking about this now, like, again, think back to when the election was called. I thought, and we all thought, it was going to be another summer of fucking fighting. Fighting Chucker and fighting Yvette, holding on, sorting out our successor, just purely because we wouldn't want to see Corbyn go through all this again. Yeah. Trying to keep control of the party. Trying trying to keep what we have against the forces of everything when it just looked like we were for it and we're not. Yeah. I thought it's going to be, you know, just just manfully struggling to maintain some kind of control of the party, whilst the party's reputation in the country just goes down the fucking drain. Yeah, because that's what the coup did last year. That's that, you know. I mean, we're going to do that again, but this we're time back. better without any of like the fucking faults. But like yeah. in the sort of the Adam Courtesy world where we've been living in for like three years now, the mm. turning points happened. Something switched, you know, it's, you know, and then something happened. And then before you know it, Corbyn's coming out of Glastonbury. Everyone's fucking talking about socialism. Everyone wants to fucking put it in. And like everyone's like, holy shit, the socialist left wing Labour Party are sailing towards government at an unstoppable pace. Yeah, we're pretty far up in the new poll that the Sunday Times published today. Yeah, highest uh, poll rating since 2002. Yep, Labour on 46%, Conservatives on 41%. Also, Theresa May is at minus 17 in her personal ratings. Jeremy Corbyn, plus 17. It'll go higher. Yeah, it will go higher. It'll go higher. Shout out to Do- the boy, Dr. Bastano. Now, there's something of a meme going around with uh, various journalists who tend to be attached to right-wing newspapers, which just so happen to be owned by an assortment of tax dodgers. I'm thinking the Daily Mail, the Sun... Daily Telegraph, they're saying, what's wrong with you Corbynistas, you leftists? Do you think Jeremy Corbyn won? Do you think he's the Prime Minister? Because I hate to tell you, he isn't. Well, thank you, uh, Order Order, Guido Fawkes, Paul Staines, Alex Wickham, Harry Cole. Thank you. I'm so relieved that you have eyes and ears that you can count and are literate, able to read. I'm very, very happy to hear that. And I'm fully aware that Jeremy Corbyn's not the Prime Minister, that despite winning an extra 2.5 million votes, increasing their share of the vote by 9.6%, best performance by any party since 1945, the Labour aren't the government. Jeremy Corbyn is not the Prime Minister. But the thing is, nobody won. And what's more, Theresa May went into this general election with a majority. And the Tory party from the 2015 general election 
had a mandate, which they've lost. Which means that the Prime Minister now needs to do one of two things. Either she needs to resign and the Conservatives find a replacement, a successor, and in due course we have another general election, or she can contest another general election. Those are the two plausible paths out of this. And if the Tories were serious about putting Britain's best interests above and beyond their survival as a party or their individual careers, that's precisely what would happen. But of course we won't have another general election, and why is that? Well, it's because Jeremy Corbyn would win, because he would become the Prime Minister. And those same slobbering journalists at those same craven, tax-dodger-owned newspapers know it all too well. Theresa May won't resign, even though it's in Britain's best interest. We won't have another general election, even though it's in Britain's best interests. And the reason why, despite the fact that none of them will say it, is because Jeremy Corbyn would win by a landslide. All I can say but... is that I'm just delighted that John Harris probably had a really shit Glastonbury. <laughs> yeah, John Harris turned into a Corbyn Easter for about a week and then wrote an article like... People say we were wrong, but actually, no. You were really was fucking right. wrong, mate. Yeah. <laughs> What's our next episode, lads? Oh, um, oh. Yes. This Wednesday we'll be recording with Josie Long. Yeah, the great comedian, great socialist, activist. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm a big I'm fan dying, of Josie. Yeah, dying for it. She's had to it's, deal with yeah. some Nazis on Twitter recently. So. Yeah, we might have a pop of yeah. Joseph Watson. We might try and provoke the citizens of Kekistan and, you know, <laughs> declare full war on those fucking shut-in cunts. Yeah, yeah, I think I think we've kind of gone a bit too easy on the alt-right and... Uh, yeah, let's get defiant. To be honest, yeah, I think I think what we need to do is we need to get these fuckers in our mentions. Yeah, I think we can Thank do it. Man. I think if we do an episode that gets on their fucking Reddit boards, we can ride that wave and see how we end <laughs> yeah. up. <laughs> you know you've touched oh. a nerve when you get on their Reddit boards. Exactly. And re- real politic will be appearing in the eye soon. Yeah. Oh, so man. look out for the eye in the next few days. All right. So yeah, we've we've got exciting things coming. We've got our episode with Josie Long. We've got our radio play for uh, the life of Farron. Some forthcoming quotes from from us will be appearing in the eye. So, God, exciting times. Very exciting times. Or everywhere. Or prime minister. Yeah. <laughs> it's back, baby. It's back. The politics is good again, baby. If you can see that far, look on the wall right over there that surrounds this wonderful festival. And there's a message on that wall for President Donald Trump. And you know what it says? Build bridges, not walls. Do you know, politics is actually about everyday life. It's about all of us, what we dream, what we want, what we achieve, and what we want for everybody else. And what was fascinating about the last seven weeks of election campaigning around Britain is, do you know what? The commentariat got it wrong. The elites got it wrong. The wonderful campaign that I was involved with, that I was so proud to lead, brought a lot of people back into politics because they believed there was something on offer for them. But what was 
Even more inspiring was the number of young people who got involved for the very first time. Because they were fed up with being denigrated, fed up with being told they don't matter, fed up with being told they never participate, and utterly fed up with being told that their generation was going to pay more to get less in education, in health, in housing, in pensions, and everything else. That they should accept low wages, they should accept insecurity, and they should see it as just part of life. Well, it didn't quite work out like that, did it? And you know what? That politics that got out of the box is not going back in any box because we're there demanding and achieving something very different in our society and in our lives. I think we should adopt a maxim in life that everyone we meet is unique. Everyone we meet knows something we don't know is slightly different to us in some ways. Don't see them as a threat. Don't see them as an enemy. See them as a source of knowledge, a source of friendship, and a source of inspiration. And if I may, I'd like to quote one of my favorite poets, Percy Bysshe Shelley. The line I like the best is this one. Rise like lions after slumber in unvanquishable number. Shake your chains to earth like dew, which in sleep had fallen on you. Ye are many, they are few. I quote Shelley because he inspired like so many others do. I'm proud to be at Glastonbury because it inspires so many to music festivals all over the country. Let us be together and recognize another world is possible if we come together to understand that, understand the power we've got and achieve that decent, better society where everyone matters. Thank you for inviting me here today. I'm proud to be here. Thank you very much, Festival.
the spotlight Uppers and downers get done I'm in a rush to be numb Dropping a thousand ain't much Come from the clouds on a missile to turn it so down in the dust Don't make a sound, baby, hush I am the living swipe right on the mic, I'm a slut I don't know how to not spit like a loud I spill it pound on my kids on your couch Half of a mongrel and mythical team Dealing this treacherous thing Legend says L is a spawn out of hell The myth is my mama's a murderous queen Yo, I can eat like in Godfather 1 You get the gun as I christen my son If I die today in this hell, I should pay Tell the Lord Mike, he said, fuck it Every new rack is my dick in a box We get a doozy, the mullahs a lot You're getting used to me doing no wrong I don't play chicken, you prick, I'm a fox You wanna kick it, I'll give you the rocks You kiss the wood chipper blade if you bark I'm fucking magic, in fact, I'm a war like a talk I got a unicorn for Stop Step into the spotlight It's exciting, it's young people, it's crowdsourcing.